Hey guys, and welcome to the Garage Athlete Show. So today I am joined by the lovely Sophie Dawson. Um, my illustrious um, co-hosts have got other duties tonight. So it's just me and Soph. So um, I think we are on episode 61. I don't know if I said that already. Uh, so yeah, we've just passed kind of like the big milestone. So I've wanted to get Soph on the podcast for a little while now. I've known Sophie for just over two years. We both competed in the Rhinos Classic way back in 2019. That that doesn't it doesn't feel like two years has passed. No, no. Um, was that the Rhinos? Was that your first show, or had you, have that you done was it my before? first show? Yeah. yeah that was my so. First show. I saw Sophie walk away with that. I think it was a bronze third place in your first yeah, show. Yeah. Um, looked amazing on that day. Uh, I've kept up with kind of like your progress. So Sophie is a personal trainer in a gym that is quite close to me. And I know her partner very, very well as well. So I followed her progress for the last couple of years. Made insane levels of changes in the two years and um, to say that we had what two lockdowns in that time so and then has got on to win two regional shows with the uk bff so very very good um aspiring bodybuilder coming up through the ranks at the moment so we thought we would get her on to talk all things training nutrition and maybe a little bit of home gyms because i know she has a little bit of a home gym set up as well so i'll hand over to sophie um why don't you introduce yourself uh let's so, see who you are a little bit and yeah i'll just shut up <laughs> Yeah, so I got into bodybuilding back in 2019, as you said. Um, to be honest, I never thought I could do anything like a show. And when I met my partner, he was like, the first thing, one of the first things he said to me was like, do you compete? And I was like, no. And I was like, <laughs> he was like, well, you should. And I was like, I never thought I could do anything like that. And he was like, yeah, you definitely could. Like, let's put you into competition. And I was like, oh, all right, then let's just give it a go. So I think leading up to the rhinos, I think I only trained really for it for six months, okay. including the prep. So wow. it was it was a very, very, very last minute sort of thing. I was just kind of like, okay, that's the show date. Let's just get ready for it. So we very quickly tried to pack on as much muscle as we can and then come back down to it. And it was just really a test run, um, see whether I, I liked it really. And in the past, Prior to get into personal training, I did have quite a lot of trouble with food and had quite a bad binge eating disorder um, and ended up, I was like six stone at my very lightest weight. Um, so I was very unhealthy and with food and my body image, etc. So I kind of wanted to do my first prep to be able to get through all of that with such a big food focus and come out the other side and go, you know what, I literally have no problem with food at all because there is quite a lot of stigma around bodybuilding that it does drive a lot of people into eating disorders if they're not in the right headspace to get into it initially. But I had really good support network going into the show and I really actually enjoyed prep. Like it's a, it's a big thing that a lot of people don't like. So, yeah. <laughs> and they struggle a lot through it. Um, but I actually really enjoyed the whole process and seeing your body change. And it's a different, every single day is a challenge. And what is it this old chestnut again? Fuck's sake.
so I um, kind of lost a bit of direction. Uh, but my friend Sarah said that she was planning on doing a show because we competed together at the Rhinos Classic in 2019. She was doing a show this year in 2021. And I was kind of like, oh, should we do it together? Like, it'd be nice just to get on the stage back together again. Um, and she was like, yeah, let's do it. Like, we'll just have a nice fun show day. Like, it doesn't matter what happens. Like, it's just going to be fun. So I sort of set my sights on that and then competed with that. That was in Brighton in September. That was on the 12th of September. Um, and went on to win that show, which was just crazy. Um, and if you'd have asked me back in 2019, like, you're going to win a bodybuilding show I'd have been like no I can't but <laughs> it happened so it was amazing um and then whilst in condition I was just like you know what we may as well do another one so we did another one two weeks later and got another first place trophy so that was just amazing literally amazing um yeah so it's been one hell of a journey and I'm just loving it it's just great good so yeah it's, it's an interesting point you brought up there about how you had an eating disorder and then you've got into bodybuilding and that's actually helped you overcome the eating disorder. So like, do you mind talking about that or do no, you know? Yeah, so yeah, how did, how do you think bodybuilding helped you? Cause as you said, quite a lot of people blame bodybuilding for creating eating disorders for people that are like predisposed to it. So how did you find, what was it about that prep that helped you with that problem? Yeah, so I would say that my eating disorder kind of came to an end at the back end of sort of 2018. So that's when I'd completely dealt with it and, you know, I was over it completely. Um, and that's why going into prep was such a big deal because I was kind of like, you know, this is kind of make or break for me as to whether really I have actually got over this. And that was sort of a validation that I'd, I was done with my problems with food and my relationship with food was now much much better but you also do have to have a complete understanding of why you're doing the show I think that's where a lot of people go wrong and they try and use it as a sort of blanket to cover up their insecurities and go you know I'm going to get external gratification from standing on a stage and that doesn't work and that's where the eating disorders get sort of manifested really whereas I went into the prep with no expectations with just a okay let's just give it a go and you know see what happens and you know you can walk into any show and you've got to realize that it's not all about the trophies because it is so subjective it's not like a powerlifting competition where you know you're the strongest on the day and it's actual fact it's all just someone's opinion of how you look so if you're yeah. happy with your look on the day and you're happy with how you look then you know you just have to take it as that and as I'm happy with how I am it doesn't have to be gratified by somebody else judging yeah. you you have to be happy with how you look and the actual journey and appreciate that you know you've managed to get through that massive journey which which not many people would be able to do because it's hard it's very yeah. very hard but be proud of that and be like, okay, I've stepped on that stage and I'm happy enough with that. If I get a place and I get a placing and just take it as that rather than try and use it to go uh, external gratification. I think you, you've hit the nail on the hair, head there 100%. The people that really struggle are the ones that are using it as a band-aid to yep. 
cover up the fact that they are insecure and yeah. they can turn to a sport where it's encouraged for you to basically yeah, starve yourself for yeah, a period of time. About things. Yeah, and you can get away with it because you can just say, I'm on prep. Yeah. And then yeah, what happens is when they, these are the same people that are then lean year round, they yeah. never make progress from season to season because they can't let go of yeah. prep of that image. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely interesting to hear that from a female competitor's kind of point of view. And as somebody who's not afraid to put on a little bit of weight, like as you're, going into an off season because yeah. I think there's more and more girls now showcasing that of the fact yeah. that actually to build muscle you have to put on a little bit of body fat you have to let go of the abs you have to let yeah. go of that shape that you kind of take to the stage right yeah. today <laughs> um and be in a place where you're comfortable enough in yourself that yeah you can let go of that that temporary image of yourself so yeah that's really good so um how do you train let's let's run through that so like what sort of split do you use do you do high intensity lower volume is it more of a higher volume approach kind of like what what sort of principles do you put in place with your training yeah so we've used a variety of different loads of different types of splits um most of the time we we do a lot of gym traveling so we follow sort of a loose plan and we know that we're going to start off with um some kind of compound usually at the start of the workout and then follow on into isolation um we've been training on a sort of like a five day split at the minute um but going into this next off season it's going to change on i want to try a completely different approach um i've been doing a lot of research into a lot of like the mountain dog stuff and fortitude training um okay. by dr scott stevenson um which is very confusing if you've got his book but <laughs> but i'm just going to try and merge those two together um and the new split that we're going to be going on to is uh more focused on like bringing up the areas that I need to work on going into the finals next year um so we're going to be following like high frequency legs for four weeks followed by high frequency back for four weeks followed by high frequency legs and shoulders for four weeks so okay. that's on like a 12-week rotation um and we focus mostly on sort of for the compounds a sort of six to 12 rep range so a bit heavier um and then for the isolation movements using things like rest pause or drop sets or um those kind of more complicated sets pump reps etc yeah. um for the isolation exercises um okay. but mostly working just literally pushing yourself to the to the absolute maximum and i think that is more the key than any complicated complicated split i think you can make anything work as long as you're willing to put the effort in yeah and i think that's where a lot of people fall down is that they don't know what true intensity is when you train yeah. and i've seen it time and time again where we've had people that don't usually train with us come and train with us and they're like oh my god are you too mental like how do you train like this all the time <laughs> well that's how you get the results that you yeah. do and it's interesting that you say that that so you you train to maximum intensity. So you are you going to all out failure on 
most sets then rather than like reps in reserve and stuff like that yeah it's mostly apart from if we were doing something like a safety bar squat is something mm. that i want to implement into this into this next phase um that wouldn't be to failure that yeah. would be to about you've got a couple of reps in the tank until you yeah. form so it's probably going to be technical failure then rather than yeah, all out muscle yeah. failure okay yeah 100%. so yeah but so say if you weren't using safety bar squats and you're using hack squats you you'd yeah. do that to like yeah so it's all about the um what's the world the com com i'm com i'm trying to say complicatedness but I can't yeah. think of the word. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Basically, the more complex a movement, so a yeah. squat pattern or something like yeah. that, you wouldn't take that to absolute failure just because it's yeah. dangerous to do so. Whereas something like bicep curls, you'll probably take that to all that failure. Yeah, 100%. And just making okay. sure that the form is perfect, especially on those things like deadlifts. RDLs is something that I absolutely love and I think is underrated, um, especially for girls and growing glutes. Everybody seems to think that squats are the way, but things like RDLs and any yeah. bit movements are the one. Um, things like that, 100% making sure that the form doesn't break down. And when it does start to slightly break down, then it's time to call it just to kind of avoid injury. Um, and definitely working with trying to work around doing sort of two maximal sets rather than doing, I think people get too carried away with too much junk volume right and end up doing loads and loads and loads and you just don't need to especially if you go into failure and i mean i've learned the hard way by doing too much junk volume and then getting injured and then that just sets you back completely yeah and because i get too carried away because i just love training and just want to do yeah. more all the time i think it's interesting what you said there how that so you've been training for two and a half three years now um but actually you've tried loads of different ways to train and you've fat well you're even you're trying new stuff now yeah. like i think too many people get too married to a particular style of training too yeah. early like yeah. everybody's body's slightly different everyone's genetically slightly different like some people will react really really well to high intensity low volume yeah. training other people will react really well to higher frequency higher volume training yeah Whereas actually what works for person A might not necessarily work well for person B, but yeah. also the body adapts. So if you only ever do high intensity, low volume training, like you might be leaving a lot of stuff like still on the table because you've never tried yeah. the higher volume approach. So. Yeah, and a lot of people get too caught up with just doing bro split and not training certain body parts enough. So they'll just do like arms on Monday, chest on Tuesday, shoulders on Wednesday. And it's it's not quite enough for to bring those body parts up if that's what your your goal is, is within the bodybuilding is, you know, that's not quite enough. Cause then you've got, if you're training, for example, your biceps on a Monday and you're not gonna train them until the following Monday, it's such a small muscle group, it's recovered in two days anyway. And yep. then you're ready to train it again. Yeah, 100%, I think, um... Well, it's very, very quickly, you can double somebody's effective training by training each muscle group twice a week. Yeah. Um, I think most bro split slash pro, well, um, I don't know if you listen to the Real Bodybuilder podcast, but um, Fuad, uh, I can't say his surname, um, basically he calls it the pro split because that's how yeah. the pros train. Yeah. But they hit each body, each muscle group twice Yeah. because of how they split it. So it's not like, 
back and thighs, chest and thighs, shoulders and arms. It yeah. might be like arms and calves on one day, legs on another, or sorry, quads, but they call it quads. But actually there's some hamstrings in there as well. Yeah. Um, but they do hit the muscle groups twice a week. They just, they, they split up the body parts so that you train two body parts on one day rather yeah. than the one. And yeah. that means that then they can hit it multiple times per week. Yeah. Okay, so training covered, right, diet. So you've just come off a prep. So how long was your prep for that uh, UK BFF show? And what does a prep diet look like for you? Like how extreme do you go? So I started at, I think, 17 weeks out um, and I had my calories so high in the last off season, they were probably sitting at the, at the highest they were sitting at was 3,600 a day. Um, so they were pretty high, which meant that the prep was very, very easy for yeah. the for the vast majority of it. I would say that it only got sort of, when, it, when I got to two weeks out, it started to get tricky. Um, and that's more just the fatigue than anything. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in the first, I would say in the first five weeks, I was still having something like a burger and fries um, or a pizza. I was still having on a refeed day on a Saturday. Um, just because my body can, it can just take it. It just naturally, it does burn a lot of calories and I require a lot of calories in, in order to uh, carry the muscle. Um, and then, by the time we just kept you know it's just a, a case of just monitoring it all the time and seeing exactly how things are moving and if they're moving in the right direction and to be honest I didn't really do any measuring of my weight this prep either um for my class it doesn't it's not on a weight cap so I didn't even really need to measure the weight or take any measurements it was it was pretty relaxed I was just going purely on aesthetics and whether we were getting moving in the right direction um if you're doing something like a bodybuilding prep especially being a bikini athlete you know you can't afford just to go on how you're looking every single day and that's going yeah. to give you that's going to give you the best thing over i need to be a certain weight and i need to get a kilo off this week and i need to get this off this week you know it's it's not always quantifiable it, it, and it's you're being judged on your looks you're not being judged on what your weight is on the scale so we went mainly on sort of aesthetics every single week and just kept i did my cardio didn't get any more than an hour on uh, recovery days um and then by the time we got to two weeks out we didn't really need to I didn't really need to do much more cardio I just sort of cut it down to steps um but by that point my calories were pretty low so I think the lowest they went down to was 1100 which is quite a big drop from 3600 yeah I can um, imagine that's quite a big drop uh but you know it's all in your mind and if you've got the mental determination to get through it then yeah. then you will <laughs> so i think that's interesting what you said there about how high your food went in the off season because then it was like the next question i've got is like what does a bulking diet look like for you so you've already mentioned that your food goes really high in the yep. off season you've got fast metabolism you need that food in there in order to be able to build the muscle tissue so just kind of go into a little bit more detail of kind of what you do in your off season uh, in terms of food yeah so after the prep we're on a nice slow reverse back out now um which is another point that a lot of people struggle with especially when they've had a very difficult diet is trying not to 
excessively just splurge every single day and it is tricky it is 100% tricky especially if you go out for a post-show meal because once you've had that food it's then kind of like oh my god it kind of it can open a can of worms for people and then they'll just start eating and eating and eating and then the next day because you feel like oh my god yesterday felt so good then the temptation to do it again and again and again and again and then you just on a you're just eating yeah. way over I what su- you've been eating. I suffered really badly from that from my first prep. Yeah, and your metabolism is so shattered from doing such an aggressive diet that, you know, you do have to try and be as caring towards it as possible. Yeah. Uh, reversing out. So um, I'm on the slow reverse out now. So I'm just going to try and try and push those calories even higher this next off season um, and then see how much tissue that we can put on. I mean, this next little period straight after a show is like your ideal time frame for putting muscle on because yeah. as you start get putting the food back in your training goes up after it's been suffering for the past however many weeks um everything just starts ticking the boxes and then by the time you build those calories up and up and up in my opinion it gets just as hard as prep to maintain oh, yeah. those calories because when you're on a on a bulk it is it is tricky it is tricky to eat yeah. food. And then when you're on prep, you think, oh my God, like, I wish I, I can't wait to be bulking way. again. When am I yeah, back on 4,000 calories? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's um, 100%. I can empathize with that kind of completely. Um, I've ended up, so this year, when's my last competition? So, I started dieting end of February. Yeah. I'm still dieting now. So my next show is the 7th of November, which is a two bro, the two bros natural show. However, that's a regional qualifier. So if I do well in that, I will then have to go to nationals, which is on the 20th of November. So no, the 28th of November. So I'll have been dieting from the end of February till the end of November. So what's that? 35 weeks, something around there. So yeah. Yeah, my um, I'm very lucky that I'm getting married in April, so yeah. I have a very set goal that I can't yeah. just balloon and get 100%. completely out of shape for. So, we're, um, I'm actually going to keep my coach this time as well. Last time I yeah. like sacked my coach off like two weeks after the show, so I was like, oh, I can do this now. Yeah. And I put yeah. on, I'm pretty sure I put on five or six kilos in four weeks. So yeah. it it was excessive. So yeah, yeah it's good I think to have someone to be accountable to. One hundred percent. I think what you've said there is basically like as coaches, why we get if somebody comes to us and they want to build muscle, and we'll look at yeah. their physique, and we'll go, "You're carrying too much body fat to go into a building phase." This is why we diet people down to a point where their muscle is going to be sensitive yeah. enough to be able to build. And also they've got enough space that if I'm pushing your food up to 4,000 calories, you're not going to be a 35% blob in like three weeks. So it's one of the reasons why we will pull body fat off somebody first to get them to a point where we can then put them into a calorie surplus for an extended period of time so that we can obviously build muscle tissue. So um, glad to hear that Um, even at kind of like your, your own level, like, that's the same thing like we we're not I'm not when somebody comes to me and we're doing that we're not just doing it because it looks good on my Instagram if somebody drops like body fat when in the first 90 days it's there's actually a purpose behind it yeah so 
as you said, is it so next year you're going to are you qualified now for nationals next year? Yep. So qualified for finals next year, which is great, really, because then that means that I could have an improvement season in between ready to then go back on to prep. Like yeah. a lot of a lot of other federations have done their finals this year, which then obviously just extends your prep massively. Yeah. And then you can kind of and if you're not expecting to get there and then you get a place there it's kind of like oh my god I've got to carry on because it yeah. just become a men- it is a mental drain it's a massive mental drain it's more a mental drain than anything anything else because it's it is so restrictive yeah and it's not the kind of diet that you know just average Joe blogs will do because it is so extreme mm-hmm. and I think people look at stage photos and go oh wow like what have you been doing on prep like I want to follow what you've been doing on prep but it's it's not something that just all the masses can attain to and you know it's it's very extreme (laughs) yeah I think it's it's one of those things like bodybuilding is like put up there in the media as like the ultimate sign of like health and fitness they push health and fitness together whereas it's not like when you're on stage you're probably in your least healthy yep. hormonally energy wise yep. like than you are at any other stage like it's that in between point between yep. like being at full-on bulk and when you're in prep there's like yep. a middle like six weeks where you're actually yep. probably healthy yep. um so I've, yeah I always think it's interesting when that and when because I don't know about you but my social media is like blown up while I've been yep. on prep because people yep. see that and that's what sells it's the abs it's the the girl in in their um their posing stuff it's yeah but they don't see all the work that goes on kind of behind that and i think it's um i think it's interesting now how more and more bodybuilders are doing things like a day in the life of people actually get to see that and they go okay this lifestyle is a bit extreme right yeah and it's, it's 24 7 every single day of the year even when you're in off season you've got to be dedicated to that goal and you can't lose sight of where you actually want to be um and that's why it's always like and especially with prep it's always just a it's a very short period of time like that you can do that and you can maintain that like that stage weight is not maintainable forever and you know i'm sure that you've not been feeling that great over the past couple of weeks now I've been dieting since February <laughs> yeah it's uh last few weeks have been a bit brutal but it, it's one of those things like I know in my head now I've got a goal for in two years time yeah. um of kind of like where I want to be um and well that's my kind of next question to yourself so where is like the ultimate goal like where do you want to be do you want to be a pro like what is it that's kind of what are you striving towards i'd really love to compete internationally so going into the finals next year um, i want to bring i very much like within the uk bff they have uh, the ifbb pure elite um and i really love their bikini look i'm not keen on the bikini look within the ifbb um i'm not keen on like the posing or the presentation on the stage um but within the ifbb elite pro the girls were a little bit bigger they're a little bit more muscular um and i just really like their look so i'd like to bring that kind of look to the british finals next year um and then see how we get on with that um there'll obviously be invites internationally as well so i'd 
absolutely love to get one of those and to compete internationally. Um, the UK BFF do send people like to the Arnolds in Spain. So that is the ultimate goal. I'd love to get to that point. Um, and then down the line, I'd like to do figure uh, within the figure division of bodybuilding because I just love the category and I just think the girls look absolutely awesome. I love the posing. I love the muscularity of them. Um, but That's the next one up, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, but it just takes a long time and you've just got to be, you've got to be sensible and understand as well that these people that you see, especially like with the Olympians that have just been on, a lot of them have been doing it 13 years. They've been yeah. doing it a long time. And I think people think, oh, I can get that result in six weeks or 12 weeks if I do a prep, but it, it doesn't take that long. It's all about the longevity with bodybuilding. You have to set goals that are not even like six months ahead or a year. They've got to be years and years ahead and be like, when I get to this point, I want to be here rather than, you know, and a lot of it, you do just kind of have to see how you get on because it's obviously subjective and you, you just don't know who's going to turn up on the day. You can't be like, I'm going to go and win this show. You know, you've got to have a bit of a winner's mentality, but you also have to be humble within it yeah. and know that if you're not the best on the day or they don't like how you look on the day, then that's just what it is and understand that. Um, but you do sort of have to have a end aspiring goal because yeah. it is all about longevity with bodybuilding because it, it's not a quick fix. It takes a long it takes a long time. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's one of the things that I love about the sport is you've got people still competing in their like 50s and 60s. Yeah. Like there, there's a lot of categories. Like just yeah. because you're no longer, I can't remember if it's 35 or 40 where you go into the masters, masters category or whatever it is. Like, yeah, like Nick Swan, is it that yeah. runs Rhinos? Like he's yeah. a masters um, 60. over 60. Yeah. So it's one of those things where I think it's that instant gratification thing, isn't it? And that's very much what's at the core of bodybuilding is delaying gratification. It's yeah. muscle takes a long time to build. Yeah. Dieting, you've got to put off what you want now as in that food yeah. your brain is telling you you want and to move yeah. basically move less, eat more. You've got to ignore that most basic of instincts. And having, as you said, your goals can't just be like six weeks, 12 weeks, like they're one, two, three years into the future, right? If I yeah. keep going down this road, I'm going to compete in this year and then I'm going to take a year off to grow or whatever it is. So yeah, definitely, definitely got that winner's mindset there. So what advice would you give to someone who's aspiring to compete? That's both men and women. I'd say absolutely get a good coach because there are a lot of coaches out there um, that themselves are a lot of them I think it's become very trendy as well to become a bodybuilder and then a coach and if you've been through a prep then that instantly means that you can be a coach which I think seems to be a bit of like an Instagram trend at the moment um so get a good coach and do research into them to make sure that no they've not just done one show and that they're you know advertising a six-week fat loss program that you know they are solid in their knowledge and they're going to take care take care of you because it's not just your like physical well-being it's also your mental well-being when you go through a prep like you do have days where you're like I can't do this and like your mind does get warped and it does play tricks on you so you need that good coach that's there to say and put you on the right track and know what's best for you at the time rather than just keep pushing you and pushing you and pushing you up until you're at a breaking point they've got they've got to be able to work with you 
So get a good coach is an absolute priority. Um, and also make sure that you're going into it for the right reasons and completely understanding what you're signing yourself up for. It's not just, oh, I'm going to do a bit of cardio and go on a diet and stand on the stage. And you can't go into it going, you can't go to your first show going, I'm absolutely going to win this. And then compare yourself to everybody else. You've got to stay in your own lane and stay focused as to why you want it and understand that it is subjective and you might not be the best on the day or you might be the best on one day and you might not be the best on the other, but it's all just down to an opinion. And if you take it with that kind of pinch of salt, then, you know, you can just actually enjoy it for what it is. And it is really, really fun. Like actually doing a show day is really fun and being on the stage is really fun. Like I've never felt as empowered ever in my whole life than standing on that stage and even though it's absolutely terrifying and I really didn't want to do that first show when I got there and went and watched some of the competitors on the stage because I just had this overwhelming stage fright but by the time I got up there I was like wow this is amazing like I can't believe I'm doing this and you know that in itself is enough to go oh wow I'm so proud of myself I can't believe that I've done this so as long as you're doing it for the right reasons and making sure that you're in the right mental place in order to start because if you're not in the right mental place to start then you may as well just just not do it because you've got to be really you've got to be really tough mentally and really like filled with your own self-belief and that you can do it in order to get on that stage and actually compete and do it for the right reasons and not feel disappointed when you get there yeah well, no, i think that's that's a great bit of advice um yeah can't really add anything to that like good coaching manage your expectations and then just have fun like the thing is there's so many people going into all these shows where they've got like if they don't place it ruins it for them yeah whereas for me like the last the first show that i did i felt a bit like that but then yes. I went and competed in the Rhino show and I went into that with zero expectations. So yes. for those that don't know, in bodybuilding, you have uh, tested and untested federations. In tested federations, basically it's, um, you will get randomly drug tested within it. So no sort of performance enhancers can be used in that, whether that's anabolic steroids, diuretics, anything like that. Whereas with untested, it's generally accepted that some of the guys that are in there competing are going to have been using steroids, diuretics, things that are going to help them achieve that look to a higher level. So because I'm a natural athlete and I was going to compete in an untested federation, I went in with zero expectations because actually I was just there to get some more stage time because as Sophie said, getting up on stage and getting over that stage fright and once you go there and you enjoy yourself, like people can tell when you're enjoying yourself on stage. And I came away from that, even with a participation trophy and felt amazing from it. But I took that same mentality into my latest show where actually then I was up in the mix, but I didn't get a placing. Did it ruin my day? No, it didn't. Because actually I went from being like dead last, not even the, I got last call out, to being in the first call out this time. Like that's a massive jump up in it. And now I know the next time that I compete that my confidence is gonna be much, much higher. So I might be up there in the mix, different panel of judges, seven weeks better condition, like 
who knows what will happen. So, yeah, the only thing that I'd add on to that is manage your expectations and make sure that you're in it to enjoy the journey rather than the destination. Because if you're only in it to win trophies and so because it looks good on your Instagram profile to have like pro next to it, like you're in it for the wrong reasons and it's going to be a long, hard road ahead. Um, so, yeah, I think that's probably a good motivational place to leave it. So, yeah. Sophie, if the guys or girls want to follow you, like where can they find you? Like Instagram, Facebook, uh, anything else that you do, if you've got a website or anything. Uh, yeah, so I've just got Instagram and Facebook. It's at Coached by Soph. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Every, all my information, etc., is all on there. Um, and updates and long posts on <laughs> trying to motivate people. <laughs> Perfect. So I will pop a link to Sophie's Instagram page in the um description below, I'm guessing. And then yeah, it's been wonderful to have you on. I Perfect. hope Thanks you enjoy the me. rest of the evening, and I will probably see you and Tiny soon. See you soon. No worries. Hey guys, and welcome to the Garage Athlete Show. So today I am joined by the lovely Sophie Dawson. Um, my illustrious um, co-hosts have got other duties tonight. So it's just me and Soph. So um, I think we are on episode 61. I don't know if I said that already. Uh, so yeah, we've just passed kind of like a big milestone. So I've wanted to get Soph on the podcast for a little while now. I've known Sophie for just over two years. We both competed in the Rhinos Classic way back in 2019. That that doesn't it doesn't feel like two years has passed. No, no. Um, was that the Rhinos? Was that your first show, or did you? That was my first show. Yeah. So shows. I saw Sophie walk away with that. I think it was a bronze third place in your first yeah, show. Was, yeah. Um, looked amazing on that day. Uh, I've kept up with kind of like your progress. So Sophie is a personal trainer in a gym that is quite close to me. And I know her partner very, very well as well. So I followed her progress for the last couple of years. Made insane levels of changes in the two years and um, to say that we had what two lockdowns in that time so and then has got on to win two regional shows with the uk bff so very very good um aspiring bodybuilder coming up through the ranks at the moment so we thought we would get her on to talk all things training nutrition and maybe a little bit of home gyms because i know she has a little bit of a home gym set up as well so i'll hand over to sophie um why don't you introduce yourself uh let's see uh, if you are a little bit and yeah i'll just shut up <laughs> Yeah, so I got into bodybuilding back in 2019, as you said. Um, to be honest, I never thought I could do anything like a show. And when I met my partner, he was like, the first thing, one of the first things he said to me was like, do you compete? And I was like, no. And I was like, <laughs> he was like, well, you should. And I was like, I never thought I could do anything like that. And he was like, yeah, you definitely could. Like, let's put you into competition. And I was like, oh, all right, then let's just give it a go. So I think leading up to the rhinos, I think I only trained really for it for six months, okay. including the prep. So wow. it was it was a very, very, very last minute sort of thing. I was just kind of like, okay, that's the show date. Let's just get ready for it. So we very quickly tried to pack on as much muscle as we can and then come back down to it. And it was just really a test run. 
um, see whether I, I liked it really. And in the past, prior to get into personal training, I did have quite a lot of trouble with food and had quite a bad binge eating disorder um, and ended up, I was like six stone at my very lightest weight. Um, so I was very unhealthy and with food and my body image, etc. So I kind of wanted to do my first prep to be able to get through all of that with such a big food focus and come out the other side and go, you know what, I literally have no problem with food at all because there is quite a lot of stigma around bodybuilding that it does drive a lot of people into eating disorders if they're not in the right headspace to get into it initially. But I had really good support network going into the show and I really actually enjoyed prep. Like it's a, it's a big thing that a lot of people don't like. So, yeah. <laughs> and they struggle a lot through it. Um, but I actually really enjoyed the whole process and seeing your body change. And it's a different, every single day is a challenge. And what is it this old chestnut okay, for fuck's sake. So I um, kind of lost a bit of direction, uh, but my friend Sarah said that she was planning on doing a show because we competed together at the Rhinos Classic in 2019. She was doing a show this year in 2021. And I was kind of like, oh, should we do it together? Like, it'd be nice just to get on the stage back together again. Um, and she was like, yeah, let's do it. Like, we'll just have a nice fun show day. Like, it doesn't matter what happens. Like, it's just going to be fun. So I sort of set my sights on that and then competed with that. That was in Brighton in September. That was on the 12th of September um, and went on to win that show, which was just crazy. Um, and if you'd have asked me back in 2019, like, you're going to win a bodybuilding show, I'd have been like, no, I can't, but <laughs> it happened. So it was amazing. Um, and then whilst in condition, I was just like, you know what, we may as well do another one. So we did another one two weeks later and got another first place trophy. So that was just amazing, literally amazing. Um, yeah, so it's been one hell of a journey and I'm just loving it. It's just great. Good. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting point you brought up there about how you had an eating disorder and then you've got into bodybuilding and that's actually helped you overcome the eating disorder. So like, do you mind talking about that or do no, you know? Yeah, so yeah, how did, how do you think bodybuilding helped you? Cause as you said, quite a lot of people blame bodybuilding for creating eating disorders for people that are like predisposed to it. So how did you find, what was it about that prep that helped you with that problem? Yeah, so I would say that my eating disorder kind of came to an end at the back end of sort of 2018. So that's when I'd completely dealt with it and, you know, I was over it completely. Um, and that's why going into prep was such a big deal because I was kind of like, you know, this is kind of make or break for me as to whether really I have actually got over this. And that was sort of a validation that I'd, I was done with my problems with food and my relationship with food was now much much better but you also do have to have a complete 
understanding of why you're doing the show. I think that's where a lot of people go wrong and they try and use it as a sort of blanket to cover up their insecurities and go, you know, I'm going to get external gratification from standing on a stage and that doesn't work. And that's where the eating disorders get sort of manifested really. Whereas I went into the prep with no expectations, with just a, okay, let's just give it a go and, you know, see what happens. And, you know, you can walk into any show and you've got to realise that it's not all about the trophies because it is so subjective. It's not like a powerlifting competition where, you know, you're the strongest on the day and it's actual fact. It's all just someone's opinion of how you look. So if you're yeah. happy with your look on the day and you're happy with how you look, then, you know, you just have to take it as that and as I'm happy with how I am. It doesn't have to be gratified by somebody else judging yeah. you. You have to be happy with how you look and the actual journey and appreciate that, you know, you've managed to get through that massive journey, which, which not many people would be able to do because it's hard. It's very, yeah. very hard. But be proud of that and be like, okay, I've stepped on that stage and I'm happy enough with that. If I get a place and I get a placing and just take it as that rather than try and use it to go up. Oh, external gratification i think you you've hit the nail on the head there 100 the people that really struggle are the ones that are using it as a band-aid to yep. cover up the fact that they are insecure and yep. they can turn to a sport where it's encouraged for you to basically yep, starve yourself for yep, a period I mean, you're of time about things yeah, and you can get away with it because you can just say, I'm on prep. Yeah. And then yeah, what happens is when they, these are the same people that are then lean year round, they yeah. never make progress from season to season because they can't let go of yeah. prep of that image. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely interesting to hear that from a female competitor's kind of point of view and as somebody who's, not afraid to put on a little bit of weight like as you're going into an off season because yeah. i think there's more and more girls now showcasing that of the fact yeah. that actually to build muscle you have to put on a little bit of body fat you have to let go of the abs you have to let yeah. go of that shape that you kind of take to the stage right yeah. <laughs> um and be in a place where you're comfortable enough in yourself that yeah. you can let go of that that temporary image of yourself so yeah that's really good so um how do you train let's let's run through that so like what sort of split do you use do you do high intensity lower volume is it more of a higher volume approach kind of like what what sort of principles do you put in place with your training yeah, so we've used a variety of different, loads of different types of splits. Um, most of the time, we we do a lot of gym travelling. So we follow sort of a loose plan and we know that we're going to start off with um, some kind of compound, usually at the start of the workout, and then follow on into isolation. Um, we've been training on a sort of like a five day split at the minute. Um, but going into this next off season, it's going to change on, I want to try a completely different approach. Um, I've been doing a lot of research into a lot of like the mountain dog stuff and fortitude training um, okay. by Dr. Scott Stevenson, um, which is very confusing if you've got his book, but, 
well, I'm going to try and merge those two together. Um, and the new split that we're going to be going on to is uh, more focused on like bringing up the areas that I need to work on going into the finals next year. Um, so we're going to be following like high frequency legs for four weeks, followed by high frequency back for four weeks, followed by high frequency legs and shoulders for four weeks. So okay. that's on like a 12 week rotation. Um, and we focus mostly on sort of for the compounds, a sort of six to 12 rep range. So a bit heavier. Um, and then for the isolation movements, using things like rest pause or drop sets or um, those kind of more complicated sets, pump reps, et cetera, yeah. um, for the isolation exercises. Um, okay. But mostly working, just literally pushing yourself to the to the absolute maximum. And I think that is more the key than any complicated complicated split. I think you can make anything work as long as you're willing to put the effort in. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of people fall down is that they don't know what true intensity is when you train yeah. and I've seen it time and time again where we've had people that don't usually train with us come and train with us and they're like oh my god are you too mental like how do you train like this all the time <laughs> well that's how you get the results that you yeah. do and it's interesting that you say that that so you you train to maximum intensity so you are you going to all-out failure on most sets then rather than like reps in reserve and stuff like that yeah, it's mostly, apart from if we were doing something like a safety bar squat is something mm. that I want to implement into this into this next phase, um, that wouldn't be to failure. Yeah. That would be to about, you've got a couple of reps in the tank. until you Yeah, form so it's probably going to be technical failure then rather than yeah, all-out muscle yeah. failure. Okay. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, but so say if you weren't using safety bar squats and you're using hack squats, you, you'd yeah. do that to like, yeah. So it's all about the, um, what's the world? The com, com, I'm, com, I'm trying to say complicatedness, but I can't yeah. think of the word. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Basically the more complex a movement, so a yeah. squat pattern or something like yeah. that, you wouldn't take that to absolute failure just because it's yeah. dangerous to do so. Whereas something like bicep curls, you'll probably take that to all that failure. Yeah, 100%. And just making okay. sure that the form is perfect, especially Spot on time. those things like deadlifts. RDLs is something that I absolutely love and I think is underrated, um, especially for girls and growing glutes. Everybody seems to think that squats are the way, but things like RDLs and any yeah. bit movements are the one. Um, things like that, 100% making sure that the form doesn't break down. And when it does start to slightly break down, then it's time to call it just to kind of avoid injury. Um, and definitely working with trying to work around doing sort of two maximal sets rather than doing I think people get too carried away with too much junk volume right and end up doing loads and loads and loads and you just don't need to especially if you go into failure and I mean I've learned the hard way by doing too much junk volume and then getting injured and then that just sets you back completely yeah and because I get too carried away because I just love training and just want to do yeah. more all the time I think it's interesting what you said there how that so you've been training for two and a half three years now um but actually you've tried loads of different ways to train and you've thought well you're even you're trying new stuff now yeah. like i think too many people get too married to a particular style of training too yeah. early like yeah. everybody's body's slightly different everyone's genetically slightly different like some people react really really well to high intensity low volume yeah. training 
other people will react really well to higher frequency, higher volume training. Yeah. Whereas actually what works for person A might not necessarily work well for person B, but yeah. also the body adapts. So if you only ever do high intensity, low volume training, like you might be leaving a lot of stuff like still on the table because you've never tried yeah. the higher volume approach. So. Yeah, and a lot of people get too caught up with just doing bro split and not training certain body parts enough. So they'll just do like arms on Monday, chest on Tuesday, shoulders on Wednesday, and it's it's not quite enough for to bring those body parts up if that's what your your goal is is within the bodybuilding is you know that's not quite enough because then you've got if you're training for example your biceps on a monday and you're not going to train them until the following monday it's such a small muscle group it's recovered in two days anyway and yeah. then you're ready to train it again yeah 100 i think um well it's very very quickly you can double somebody's effective training by training each muscle group twice a week yeah. um i think most bro split slash pro well um i don't know if you listen to the real bodybuilder podcast but um fuad uh, i can't say his surname um basically he calls it the pro split because that's how yeah. the pros train yeah. but they hit each body each muscle group twice yeah because of how they split it so it's not like back and buys, chest and triceps, shoulders and arms. It might be like arms and calves on one day, legs on another, or sorry, quads, but they call it quads. But actually there's some hamstrings in there as well. Um, But they do hit the muscle groups twice a week. They just, they they split up the body parts so that you train two body parts on one day rather than the one. And that means that then they can hit it multiple times per week. Okay, so training, we've covered, right, diet. So you've just come off a prep. So how long was your prep for that uh, UK BFF show? And what does a prep diet look like for you? Like how extreme do you go? So I started at, I think, 17 weeks out. Um, and I had my calories so high in the last off season, they were probably sitting at the, at the highest they were sitting at was 3,600 a day. Um, so they were pretty high, which meant that the prep was very, very easy for yeah. the, for the vast majority of it. I would say that it only got sort of, when, it, when I got to two weeks out, it started to get tricky. Um, and that's more just the fatigue than anything. Yeah. Um, but you know, in the first, I would say in the first five weeks, I was still having something like a burger and fries um, or a pizza. I was still having on a refeed day on a Saturday, um, just because my body can, it can just take it. It just naturally, it does burn a lot of calories and I require a lot of calories in, in order to uh, carry the muscle. Um, and then by the time we just kept, you know, it's just a, a case of just monitoring it all the time and seeing exactly how things are moving and if they're moving in the right direction and to be honest I didn't really do any measuring of my weight this prep either um for my class it doesn't it's not on a weight cap so I didn't even really need to measure the weight or take any measurements it was it was pretty relaxed I was just going purely on aesthetics and whether we were getting moving in the right direction um if you're doing something like a bodybuilding prep especially being a bikini athlete you know you can't afford just to go on how you're looking every single day and that's going to give you that's going to give you the best thing over i need to be a certain weight 
and I need to get a kilo off this week and I need to get this off this week. You know, it's it's not always quantifiable. It, it, and it's, you're being judged on your looks. You're not being judged on what your weight is on the scale. So we went mainly on sort of aesthetics every single week and just kept, I did my cardio didn't get any more than an hour on uh, recovery days. Um, and then by the time we got to two weeks out, we didn't really need to, I didn't really need to do much more cardio. I just sort of cut it down to steps. Um, but by that point, my calories were pretty low. So I think the lowest they went down to was 1,100, which is quite a big drop from 3,600. Yeah, I um, imagine. That was quite a big drop. Uh, but, you know, it's all in your mind. And if you've got the mental determination to get through it, then, yeah. then you will. <laughs> so I think that's interesting what you said there about how high your food went in the off season. Because then it was like, the next question I've got is like, what does a bulking diet look like for you so you've already mentioned that your food goes really high in the yep. off season you've got fast metabolism you need that food in there in order to be able to build the muscle tissue so just kind of go into a little bit more detail of kind of what you do in your off season uh, in terms of food yeah so after the prep we're on a nice slow reverse back out now um which is another point that a lot of people struggle with especially when they've had a very difficult diet is trying not to excessively just splurge every single day and it is tricky it is 100% tricky especially if you go out for a post-show meal because once you've had that food it's then kind of like oh my god it kind of it can open a can of worms for people and then they'll just start eating and eating and eating and then the next day because you feel like oh my god yesterday felt so good then the temptation to do it again and again and again and again and then you just on a you're just eating yeah. way over I what you've been eating i suffered really badly from that from my first prep yeah and your metabolism is so shattered from doing such an aggressive diet that you know you do have to try and be as caring towards it as possible yeah uh, reversing out so um i'm on the slow reverse out now so i'm just going to try and try and push those calories even higher this next off season um and then see how much tissue that we can put on i mean this next little period straight after a show is like your ideal time frame for putting muscle on because yeah. as you start get putting the food back in your training goes up after it's been suffering for the past however many weeks um everything just starts ticking the boxes and then by the time you build those calories up and up and up in my opinion it gets just as hard as prep to maintain oh, yeah. those calories because when you're on a on a bulk it is it is tricky it is tricky to eat yeah. food. And then when you're on prep, you think, oh my God, like, I wish I, I can't wait to be bulking again. When am I yeah, back I on 4,000 calories? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's um, 100%. I can empathize with that kind of completely. Um, I've ended up, so this year, when's my last competition? So, I started dieting end of February. Yeah. I'm still dieting now. So oh my, my next show is the 7th of November, which is a yep. two bro, the two bros natural show. Yep. However, that's a regional qualifier. So yep. if I do well in that, I will then have to go to nationals, which is yep. on the 20th of November. So no, the 28th of November. So yep. I'll have been dieting from the end of February till the yep. end of November. So what's that? 35 weeks, something around Four there. Weeks. So yeah. Yeah, my um, I'm very lucky that I'm getting married in April. So yeah. I have a very set goal that I can't yeah. just balloon 
and get completely 100%. out of shape for. So 100%. we're um I'm actually gonna keep my coach this time as well. Last time I yep. like sacked my coach off like two weeks after the show. So I was like, oh I can do this now. Yep. And I put yep. on I'm pretty sure I put on five or six kilos in four weeks. So yeah. it it was excessive. So yeah, yeah it's good I think to have someone to be accountable to. One hundred percent. I think what you've said there is basically like as coaches, why we get if somebody comes to us and they want to build muscle and we'll look at yeah. their physique and we'll go, you're carrying too much body fat to go into a building phase. This is why we diet people down to a point where their muscle is going to be sensitive yeah. enough to be able to build. And also yeah. they've got enough space that if I'm pushing your food up to 4,000 calories, you're not going to be a 35% blob in like three weeks. Yeah. So it's one of the reasons why we will pull body fat off somebody first to get them to a point where we can then put them into a calorie surplus for an extended period of time so that we can obviously build muscle tissue. So um, glad to hear that um, even at kind of like your, your own level, like, that's the same thing like we we're not I'm not when somebody comes to me and we're doing that we're not just doing it because it looks good on my Instagram if somebody drops like body fat when in the first 90 days it's there's actually a purpose behind it yeah so as you said is it so next year you're going to are you qualified now for nationals next year yep so qualified for finals next year which is great really because then that means that I could have an improvement season in between ready to then go back on to prep like yeah. a lot of a lot of other federations have done their finals this year which then obviously just extends your prep massively yeah. and then you can kind of and if you're not expecting to get there and then you get a place there it's kind of like oh my god I've got to carry on because it yeah. just become a men it is a mental drain it's a massive mental drain it's more a mental drain than anything anything else because it's it is so restrictive yeah and it's not the kind of diet that you know just average Joe blogs will do because it is so extreme mm -hmm. and I think people look at stage photos and go oh wow like what have you been doing on prep like I want to follow what you've been doing on prep but it's it's not something that just all the masses can attain to and you know it's it's very extreme <laughs> yeah I think it it's it's one of those things like bodybuilding is like put up there in the media it's like the ultimate sign of like health and fitness yeah. they and push not. health and fitness together yeah. whereas it's not like when you're on stage you're probably in your least healthy yeah. hormonally energy wise yeah. like than you are at any other stage like it's that in between point between yeah. like being at full-on bulk and when you're in prep there's like yeah. a middle like six weeks where you're actually yeah. probably healthy yeah. um so I've, yeah i always think it's interesting when that and when because i don't know about you but my social media is like blown up while i've been yeah. on prep because people yeah. see that and that's what sells it's the abs yeah. it's the the girl in in their um their posing stuff it's yeah but they don't see all the work that goes on kind of behind that and i think it's um i think it's interesting now how more and more bodybuilders are doing things like a day in the life of and yeah. people actually get to see that and they go okay this lifestyle is a bit extreme right yeah and it's, it's, it's 24 7 every single day of the year even when you're in off season you've got to be dedicated to that goal 
and you can't lose sight of where you actually want to be um and that's why it's always like especially with prep it's always just a it's a very short period of time like that you can do that and you can maintain that like that stage weight is not maintainable forever and you know i'm sure that you've not feel, been feeling that great over the past couple of weeks i've been dieting since february <laughs> yeah it's uh last few weeks have been a bit brutal but it, it's one of those things like i know in my head now i've got a goal for in two years time yeah. um of kind of like where i want to be um and well that's my kind of next question to yourself so where is like the ultimate goal like where do you want to be do you want to be a pro like what is it that's kind of what are you striving towards i'd really love to compete internationally okay. so going into the finals next year um, i want to bring i very much like within the uk bff they have uh, the ifbb pure elite mm. um and i really love their bikini look i'm not keen on the bikini look within the ifbb um i'm not keen on like the posing or the presentation on the stage um but within the ifbb elite pro the girls were a little bit bigger they're a little bit more muscular um and i just really like their look so i'd like to bring that kind of look to the british finals next year um and then see how we get on with that um there'll obviously be invites internationally as well so i'd absolutely love to get one of those and to compete internationally um the uk bff do send people like to the arnold's in spain so that is the ultimate goal i'd love to get to that point um and then down the line i'd like to do figure uh, within the figure division of bodybuilding because i just love the category and i just think the girls look absolutely awesome i love the posing i love the muscularity of them um but that's the next one up isn't it yeah yeah um, but it just takes a long time and you've just got to be you've got to be sensible and understand as well that these people that you see especially like with the olympians that have just been on a lot of them have been doing it 13 years they've been yeah. doing it a long time and i think people think oh i can get that result in six weeks or 12 weeks if i do a prep but it, it doesn't take that long it's all about the longevity with bodybuilding you have to set goals that are not even like six months ahead or a year they've got to be years and years ahead and be like when i get to this point i want to be here rather than you know and a lot of it you do just kind of have to see how you get on because it's obviously subjective and you you just don't know who's going to turn up on the day you can't be like i'm going to go and win this show you know you've got to have a bit of a winner's mentality but you also have to be humble within it yeah. and know that if you're not the best on the day or they don't like how you look on the day then that's just what it is and understand that um but you do sort of have to have a end aspiring goal because yeah. it is all about longevity with bodybuilding because it, it's not a quick fix it takes a long it takes a long time <laughs> yeah well that's one of the things that i love about the sport is you've got people still competing in their like 50s and 60s yeah like there there's a lot of categories like just yeah. because you're no longer i can't remember if it's 35 or 40 where you go into the masters masters category or whatever it is like yeah, like nick's one is it that yeah. runs rhinos like he's yeah. a master's um 60. over 60 yeah so it's one of those things where i think it's that instant gratification thing isn't it and that's very much what's at the core of bodybuilding it's delaying gratification it's yeah. muscle takes a long time to build yeah. dieting you've got to put off what you want now as in that food yeah. your brain is telling you you want and to move yeah. basically move less eat more You've got to ignore that most basic of instincts. 
And having, as you said, your goals can't just be like six weeks, 12 weeks, like they're one, two, three years into the future, right? If I keep going down this road, I'm going to compete in this year and then I'm going to take a year off to grow or whatever it is. So yeah, definitely, definitely got that winner's mindset there. So what advice would you give to someone who's aspiring to compete? That's both men and women. I'd say absolutely get a good coach because there are a lot of coaches out there um, that themselves are a lot of them. I think it's become very trendy as well to become a bodybuilder and then a coach. And if you've been through a prep, then that instantly means that you can be a coach, which I think seems to be a bit of like an Instagram trend at the moment. Um, So get a good coach and do research into them to make sure that no, they've not just done one show and that they're you know advertising a six-week fat loss program that you know they are solid in their knowledge and they're going to take care take care of you because it's not just your like physical well-being it's also your mental well-being when you go through a prep like you do have days where you're like I can't do this and like your mind just get warped and it does play tricks on you so you need that good coach that's there to say and put you on the right track and know what's best for you at the time rather than just keep pushing you and pushing you and pushing you up until you're at a breaking point they've got they've got to be able to work with you so get a good coach is an absolute priority um and also make sure that you're going into it for the right reasons and completely understanding what you're signing yourself up for it's not just oh i'm gonna do a bit of cardio and go on a diet and stand on the stage and you can't go into it going, you can't go to your first show going, I'm absolutely going to win this. And then compare yourself to everybody else. You've got to stay in your own lane and stay focused as to why you want it and understand that it is subjective and you might not be the best on the day or you might be the best on one day and you might not be the best on the other, but it's all just down to an opinion. And if you take it with that kind of pinch of salt, then you know you can just actually enjoy it for what it is and it is really really fun like actually doing a show day is really fun and being on the stage is really fun like I've never felt as empowered ever in my whole life than standing on that stage and even though it's absolutely terrifying and I really didn't want to do that first show when I got there and went and watched some of the competitors on the stage because I just had this overwhelming stage fright but by the time I got up there I was like wow this is amazing like I can't believe I'm doing this and you know that in itself is enough to go oh wow I'm so proud of myself I can't believe that I've done this so as long as you're doing it for the right reasons and making sure that you're in the right mental place in order to start because if you're not in the right mental place to start, then you may as well just just not do it. Because you've got to be really you've got to be really tough mentally and really like filled with your own self belief, and that you can do it in order to get on that stage and actually compete and do it for the right reasons and not feel disappointed when you get there. Yeah, well, no, I think that's a, that's a great bit of advice. Um, yeah, can't really add anything to that. Like good coaching, manage your expectations, and then just have fun. Yeah, like 100%. the thing is, there's so many people going into all these shows where they've got like, if they don't place, it ruins it for them. Yeah. Whereas for me, like the last 
the first show that I did, I felt a bit like that. But then yes. I went and competed in the Rhino show and I went into that with zero expectations. So yes. for those that don't know, in bodybuilding, you have uh, tested and untested federations. In tested federations, basically it's, um, you will get randomly drug tested within it. So no sort of performance enhancers can be used in that, whether that's anabolic steroids, diuretics, anything like that. Whereas with untested, it's generally accepted that some of the guys that are in there competing are going to have been using steroids, diuretics, things that are going to help them achieve that look to a higher level. So because I'm a natural athlete and I was going to compete in an untested federation, I went in with zero expectations because actually I was just there to get some more stage time because as Sophie said, getting up on stage and getting over that stage fright and once you go there and you enjoy yourself, like people can tell when you're enjoying yourself on stage. And I came away from that, even with a participation trophy and felt amazing from it. But I took that same mentality into my latest show where actually then I was up in the mix, but I didn't get a placing. Did it ruin my day? No, it didn't. Because actually I went from being like dead last, not even the, I got last call out, to being in the first call out this time. Like, that's a massive jump up in it. And now I know the next time that I compete that my confidence is going to be much, much higher. So I might be up there in the mix. Different panel of judges, seven weeks better condition. Like, who knows what will happen? So, yeah, the only thing that I'd add on to that is manage your expectations and make sure that you're in it to enjoy the journey rather than the destination. Because if you're only in it to win trophies and so because it looks good on your Instagram profile to have like pro next to it, like you're in it for the wrong reasons and it's going to be a long, hard road ahead. Um, so, yeah, but I think that's probably a good motivational place to leave it. So, yes. Sophie, if the guys or girls want to follow you, like where can they find you? Like Instagram, Facebook, uh, anything else that you do, if you've got a website or anything. Uh, yeah, so I've just got Instagram and Facebook. It's at Coached by Soph. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Every, all my information, etc., is all on there, um, and updates and long posts and <laughs> trying to motivate people. <laughs> Perfect. So I will pop a link to Sophie's Instagram page in the um, description below. I'm guessing. And then yeah, it's been wonderful to have you on. I Perfect. hope Thanks you enjoy the me. rest of the evening, and I will probably see you and Tiny soon. See you soon. No worries.